everyone, and welcome to the South Point Podcast. Thank you for taking the time today to listen. I hope you will enjoy these life-giving stories. For more information, check out our website at www.southpoint.tv. Now, enjoy the podcast. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the South Point Podcast. My name is Carlos Tello, and I am so happy to be back with you all today. With me, as always, the very talented drummer slash producer slash sound engineer slash you're like an artist too right you, you do think other things katie how's it going hi what all do you do i mean you have like a list a of lot. things that you, uh, <laughs> a I'm lot tired today you're tired so it's okay this is gonna be I, yeah, interesting it's like that kind of week isn't it it is i am surrounded like i'm just gonna start this way uh <laughs> i'm surrounded by just some of the most talented women ever and you're one of them, Katie. Uh, my you. wife, uh, you know, there's so many people. And one of my favorite people in the entire world are here with me today. I'm just going to say that. And I, and I mean it wholeheartedly. Yeah. And you're also one of the most talented people I know. And She's my favorite. Uh, yes. Incredible. <laughs> I laugh every time with you. Every time we're, you know, with like a double date with our, you know, with our spouses. We always have so much fun. But Vina Howell is in the house. What's up, Vina? Whoop. Yay, that was a very sweet introduction, oh. y'all. Both of y'all know y'all are already my favorites, <laughs> and I get to do fun stuff with y'all all the time. Some of my favorite creatives. Let's put that out there. Oh, y'all there are you definitely, go. That's definitely the word. I mean, Katie's a creative. Carlos, you too. Um, you do such a good job with this podcast. Well, thank Just you. the way, the way you interview and making everyone feel like they're welcomed and at home, and it's just very, very easy. Well, thank you to so talk much. Well, this is. This is like my favorite thing in the world right now. Like, I love doing this. Uh, if you're listening right now, thank you for listening. Thank you so much because this means everything to me. I've always, I can't say I've always wanted because podcasts haven't always been around. They've been around for like the last maybe 15 years or so that really jumped in the main, you know, the mainstream deal. And uh, ever since I really started listening to podcasts, this has been like, okay, I really want to do that one day. So, uh, yeah, thank you. And now we're here. And now we're here. <laughs> uh, just thankful for this church. Thank you for South Point for just allowing us to do this. And I say it all the time. I don't have to. I get to. And thank you for doing this, yeah, Carlos. Yeah, thank you, thank you Katie, for being here. And thank you, Vina, for being here as well. We've been trying to get you on the show for like... <laughs> Forever. Last forever, like all summer long, Six like we've years. <laughs> it feels like it. It feels like every week, like one of the three of us were counseling on each other, <laughs> and so uh, we finally got you in. And I'm just gonna say, how's it going? You doing okay today? I am. I'm doing well. Today's a good day. Today's a good Thursday. That's good. Um, yeah, finally here. Glad to be here. <laughs> yes. So, I'm not sure. You know, it's like. Forever. I'm like, okay, well, I'll go on the podcast. Not sure why he wants me there, but I'll be there. So today's the day. Because, I, well, I think you're awesome. And <laughs> we actually met through small group. Really, I think we kind of met each other, um, kind of in and out of church, or whatever. I mean, when you kind of come and you're not really involved and you're not invested, which is why I always say, jump on the dream, uh, the dream team here Absolutely. and get in, get invested, get involved because it's. It's life changing, and Please what's also life changing, yes, what's also life changing are small groups, and we're about to have a small group fair coming up, I believe next month. Uh, yeah. Jason gave me some dates. The twelfth maybe was the first one, and then the next week as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's coming, and we'll talk about small groups another time. But you and your husband Craig, all, the other Craig, OC, the other Craig, um, <laughs> you guys along with another couple did started a small group, and we jumped in. 
We saw the names on the list, and we're like, okay, OC and Vina are cool. <laughs> They're the people we want to be with, and we jumped in y'all small group. And uh, just to be honest, we didn't want to jump in a small group at all before that because my wife and I just had really bad experiences before that in another church. Um, I was in some really weird ones. You know, it was just always odd, and we never enjoyed it. But this one was different, and yeah. probably because the people were in it, uh, we thoroughly enjoyed it, and we got closer to you guys and really got to know you guys, and uh, we got to hang out with y'all and go watch movies, oh, and that's really fun. how it really started. We just started <laughs> doing life together. So I can, I'm going to just plug small groups right there just for that because you never know who your best friends might end up being. And yes. I consider Craig just one of my best friends. I can go to him with anything I need to, and he's just that genuine person that's always – there for yeah, me and anybody else. He is 100% else. genuine. What yeah. you see is what you get. That calm demeanor is just him all the time. And we have so much in common. This is so weird. <laughs> I think we're the same Enneagram number. We're both yes. like, is it nine? That I makes believe? sense. Yeah. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Katie, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Y'all are both. Yes. Uh, we're both movie nerds and all that stuff. So we always, uh, we just instantly connected. And so uh, we love you guys and I'm so thankful, but we're not here to talk about Craig. We're here to talk about you. Right. We're here to talk about Vina Howe. So, uh, first of all, you're not from this area originally. You want to tell everybody where you're actually from? I am from Charles City County, Virginia. Now, if it's a city county in the actual name, that should tell you how small it is. <laughs> so, it's a, it was a very small town. Um, just great people. Wonderful place to grow up. I lived very close to family. Everyone seemed to be within walking distance. Just a you know great place, and we've been out here in Mississippi. Let's see, I've been married to Craig for 21 years. I got married when I was 22, so almost as long as I lived in Virginia now. Wow. So, so Virginia is still in the South. It is right. It's like right there. Um, is it is it different? How different is Virginia to Mississippi? Because it seems like for us there is a way north, but it's you know. I think it's very different because it is a there's a big military you know presence. We have um, Norfolk and just um, Langley's there, and we're very close to D.C. Right. So I think it's just a big melting pot compared to here. Yeah, I went to school in um, Norfolk, Virginia, which was Old Dominion University, and so we were right at the naval base. So I got to meet people from wow. everywhere, and then people were constantly being, um, you know, just stationed there so most people who were there weren't from there so it was just a it was just a great experience getting to know so people tons of di diversity yes, a lot of, of different diversity. people that's so cool so you went to high school everything there in virginia right i did where did you go to college i went to old dominion University. Old dominion, you yeah. just said that like down in <laughs> norfolk it's okay i mean it's not a big deal but Get it together we're Carlos. all tired today right right <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those days and it's 95 degrees outside oh. so you know we have a lot going on is here it as hot, is just... it hot and muggy up there too no <laughs> no i mean it does get very hot yeah but we are surrounded well we have water everywhere water. we have beaches and the oh. chesapeake bay and so it's a Good lot seafood. of right it's a lot of water Your there so i think that that melting helps up there. exactly I, I hope <laughs> you know it helps to cool stuff off but mississippi is like oh wow it makes you think <laughs> you know i probably should that's exactly what everybody says when they walk outside is like oh wow God, like, <laughs> that thought of i need to get in a church so somewhere no. because <laughs> hell it's probably like this okay. 
I love that meme where it's there's like this is where you are and it's like like summer and then it's like hell's front porch or whatever. It's like <laughs> you're here right now. That's what it feels like. It's oh, yeah. like Mississippi. So dang hot. Um, so what was life growing up? Were you in church all the whole time you were young? Or no. You grew okay. up in church so, or you grew up in church? This is my church experience when I was young. By the way, I have the best parents in the world. Yes. So, um, but when we were younger, we, my mom and dad were not regular church attenders, but they wanted to make sure that we went to church. <laughs> so um, we had um, my cousins who taught Sunday school. Well, they're my dad's first cousins, so they're older than us, um, would take us when mom and dad were working. But on Sundays, my parents were usually off. So um, I learned so much. I grew up Baptist. I learned so much from going to Sunday school and being dropped off. Um, but my dad was also into really old cars. So he okay. had a 1970 Monte Carlo that he like souped up. You and told it was me really stories loud. about your dad. You had like a really cool dad. Yeah, right? he was amazing. He was so good. I mean, he souped up this Monte Carlo. And so after Sunday school was over, we would go and sit on the back pew because we knew my dad was coming to pick us up. And he didn't actually like blow the horn or anything. We could just, he would just sit in front of the church and <laughs> rev the engine. <laughs> And we were so embarrassed because it could be at any time. It could be during, you know, they could be singing a hymn. <laughs> it could be prayer. And all of a sudden you hear hearing daddy rev the engine. It was like, okay, it's time to go. Let's go. And oh, so I bet he loved that. Yeah, right. It was like, <laughs> oh. So then we learned as we got older not to stand, like not to go sit on, just stand outside. Just and we would start like walking away from the church when he came. So, um, yeah, but we had a great church experience. I think, um. Everybody bow your heads, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's fantastic. It was great. I mean, most of the stuff, I had the most fantastic Sunday school teachers. I learned so much from them. I learned so much about the Bible at a young age. So even though my parents weren't there, they made sure we were. That's awesome. Um, There's always, you know, it's like, I feel like God always has that plan that puts people in our lives. And those, even when... Other people that probably should be with us, you know, I, I didn't have my parents there for a little while. Uh, I lived with my grandmother, you know, throughout high school. And so I needed those other people in my right. life the same way. Or if not, I probably would have ended up a whole nother, you know, a whole nother path. But uh, definitely thank God for those kind of people. Uh, so I love that he just dropped you guys off. He did. I mean. But you didn't even stay during, through the, like the service. It was like Sunday school was enough. Sunday school was enough. Enough, and then on the third Sunday, I believe it was, was Youth Sunday, and so that was the Sunday where you know the kids kind of got to do everything at church, um, and we would either you know sit down in the pews like we were allowed in the pulpit as a Baptist, the kids could go in the pulpit. Now later on, when we went to a different church. I stepped in the pulpit and I thought I had done something wrong because <laughs> I got kicked out because I was not an official minister. Oh my goodness. But when I was younger, we did that um, every third Sunday. And I, I remember it so well. I was always um, like the MC. So, and that was a fun job for me. I didn't mind speaking in public at all. So what? they were like, just <laughs> <laughs> call me the, to be the MC. But we had, our pastor was not anything like Craig. So... You know, being a kid, you're going to probably fall asleep in church. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I fell asleep in the pulpit while he was preaching. Oh. And I could hear an usher just going, psst, psst, 
nuts. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's like, I was getting good to you. She's like, wake up, wake up. And then she said it again. And then all of a sudden it was like, amen, amen. Oh, no. And it was, the, it was the wrong time. It was not right. Who was with you up there? Just, are you, what were you by yourself? So the way we had, um, Reverend Young, who was the pastor of the church and then the assistant pastor, um, Reverend Wallace was my uncle. Uncle Daniel was there. And then they would have one kid sit up there and then another kid who was maybe doing something else, whether they were reading scripture or whatever. So okay. it was maybe about four of us like, up nobody, there. Nobody decided to like give you the elbow or No, nothing. I was beside myself. <laughs> oh, gosh. There. And that's when like our ushers wore white and I could hear her going, psst, psst. Like, wake up. Wake up. So, it's time to go. Yeah, I've had, I had some of my most embarrassing moments in church. So that was my, so my mom and dad, they, like I said, they didn't go to church. So that was my dad's church. And then on special occasions, we went to my mom's church, which was also a Baptist church at that time because they later changed. Christmas, Easter. Right. Or if they were doing something like she knew that the kids were singing. So they did a program and the kids program at her church was always second service. Oh, okay. So they did a second service. We had to come back at like four or whatever. And I remember... I don't know whose idea it was for me to sing because if anybody's heard me, like everybody in my household can sing and they're very musically inclined. That's just not my gift. Not at all. So I'm, I remember I was probably about five or six and I'm sitting there singing and everybody at that time, they had like the little film cameras Mm -hmm. like, sing louder and everybody's smiling and I have this pretty little dress on from JCPenney and they're smiling and then I could see them like mouthing the words and I needed glasses at that time I had not gotten my glasses yet (laughs) and so I just stopped in the middle of the song in front of everybody and go huh what'd you say what you want me to do (laughs) oh sing louder (laughs) Jesus and I'm just loud and it's you know so I realized probably at an early age that God loves us even when we screw things up. I feel like I feel like I would have loved to have been around you even at that age. It feels like you're just fun, funny back then. Yeah, just were a weird you, kid. Okay, were you the one getting in trouble at school because of your wittiness and your? No, not at all. No, I was of such not. a <laughs> I was such a nerd at school. Like okay. I liked my teachers a lot. I couldn't wait until I got in the third grade so that I could learn cursive. And I was just <laughs> that kid that just, I didn't mind sitting Did at the front of the class. you your outfits out on the bed the night before? Were you that kind of person? Yes, yes, yes. I was, I was, I was excited. Um, I liked the teachers at school. I did not like the kids. I didn't have to be around any of them, really. I get that. Yeah, so. We don't like to be around people now anyway. So I, still. No, I like people. I, yes, I don't yeah. have to be around them all the time. Yes. I do have a limit, but I really do. I feel like the older people. I get, the more I'm turning that way. Yeah. It's like if I don't have to be around a whole lot of people, I'm okay with that. All right. Yeah, I mean, I think I've always been like that. I've just always been um, more introspective and more of an introvert. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it's definitely not because I don't love people, but I really do need moments throughout yeah, the definitely. day where no one is talking to me, <laughs> like including the two year old, like nobody's <laughs> talking to me. So, um, how many siblings do you have? I have a older sister and a younger brother. Okay, so I'm a middle child. Middle child. Hey, middle child. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do y'all get along? Y'all fight a lot? Oh, we get along now. Like we're very tight. Um, just 
I trust them to do whatever they need to do. We're, we don't fight about anything. We're just like when I go to Virginia, I can't wait to get to my brother and sister's house. They're just yeah. there. I talk to my sister um, probably every day. And then my brother and I communicate by sending back and forth um, either TikToks or Instagram videos, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yes. Yeah. And then he'll call. And when um, when he calls, we're on the phone for about four hours and just talking awesome. forever. So, I mean, we have a great relationship. Um, yeah, That's so awesome. Having great um, you said you couldn't sing. Still can't. Still can't did you, sing. Did you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> When did you when did you figure out like that you had this this creative side of you this art that come out of you because some of your art is just incredible I just want to say it, and just beautiful things and thank you I've seen people in public uh, recently that your handbag that you drew up and they were admiring your work and um, when did that like just come out of you like do you remember when you really started doing that stuff I do I've always. Like, even before I started school, I was very fascinated by crayons and just drawing. Like, I love coloring books. And when I was in kindergarten, my favorite part was, like, the glue. Not because I ate it. <laughs> it does not taste good. I mean, I may have tasted it. But I didn't, like, sit there and eat the whole thing. So, um, but I like like the cutting and the, the arts and crafts and playing with that. And then when I was in the first grade, I remember so vividly. My mom had this rug, and I don't know if it was, it was almost like a loop knit rug where I could pull the strings out of the rug, and I started making oh, little flowers and bows out of that. Wow. And, um, yeah, wow, for, like, to do that, but my mom oh, was so yeah, upset right. because half her rug was missing because <laughs> I just, I would just pull a piece off every now and then and cut it. And I remember that summer um, I had, my teacher's name was Mrs. King, and I would write her letters all summer long. And I didn't just put the letters in the envelope. I would make flowers and bows from that rug and wrap the letters up like a scroll. And, like, I was I was so over the top. This is the first grade. And I would send those to her. So I recognized it then. And I always just absolutely love being in the creative field. But um, coming from a small town and because I was a smart kid, I was – basically discouraged from doing art not wow. because I wasn't talented but because I was a smart girl living in a small town and the teachers wanted me to succeed and most of them I mean they were educators so they didn't know any artists who had actually or people who had went to school for art yeah. and actually succeeded so then I was put on a track to be more um to go um into aerospace engineering and stuff like that Ooh. so um wow. I actually went to you know studied astrophysics and got to just do some really cool stuff with some scientists and things and that was very because there's a very a side of me that's very curious and okay. I do like the science aspect of that yeah. and it was just a fun place but it was just that thing of when all of that was over or when I went home I was going back into the art world I wanted yeah. to color I wanted to draw I needed to do something creative while everyone else was saving their money or spending it on candy I would save my money I remember just saving my money and I would go to the um craft store and just buy supplies and every time I got money I went to go buy supplies that's awesome so I mean with that is it because like you're saying that they were you were discouraged because even now there were some degrees that are 
quote unquote worthless or people think that you can't make a living off of. Um, but a lot of people bust through and they can make a living off of that. What do you, do you think that was a motivation? Like, Oh, well, you need, need to get a real job. Right. That exactly. You need to that get was, a, take a real path or a real career. Exactly. That was their motivation. Um, if I'm being honest, especially at that time, there weren't a lot of, I had two things that were different. Um, being a, a girl mm-hmm. and being a minority, yeah. there weren't a lot of people in those fields. So there were so many scholarships available too for anybody studying engineering and then astrophysics and stuff like that. Those weren't fields that were that had black people or women in them. So they were very, very, like I said, I was surrounded by great people, but their whole goal was if you do this, then you have money to pay for college. You have you can go to these programs. Yeah. You'll have more opportunities. And so in their mind, this was the thing to do. And I don't, I mean, I don't blame them. I think they were very logical about it. It was just something different with me. Um, it wasn't until I went to college. And I remember I was in college. I had a, a minor in marketing. And then I was in the um, fashion side of it and it was more with fashion merchandising so that's like putting up the store displays and um, buying things for the store and things like that and I just love fashion and I went to school for that in particular well number one I knew I could probably get a job in that and then it was the closest thing to being in the creative world without actually or being artistic right but it was a real job you know at the same time because everybody still worked in retail and people went to the malls at that point but um, I remember they we had to design a fashion collection, and every time I had to do something in the design part, or just where somebody let me draw or paint, it was just it was so much fun, and I always got like A's in all of those classes. So my professor actually just pulled me to the side, and she's like, "Why are you in my class?" I'm like, "What do you mean? I love your class." She was like, "No, have you seen what you do?" And I was like, "Yeah, I know what I do." She's like go to the art department now and just please enroll in at least one class. That's awesome. <laughs> and I did. Um, but I'll tell you the church experience along with this part, but I went over there and I saw all of these kids or students who had been artists or had taken art classes in high school. And I felt so inferior. I was so defeated when I walked into that classroom because I'm like, these people have been doing it for years. Who Mm -hmm. am I to even just walk in here and be able to do anything with this? And it was just, um, yeah, I, I could have, I I dropped the class because it was just like, I just didn't feel like I was good enough to be there. (laughs) So, well, look where you are now. Look, I took four years of art <laughs> in high school. You I took four years of art in high school, and I feel way inferior <laughs> to you because I, I can look back at myself and be like, I was a decent sketcher, and that was probably about the pinnacle of my artistic abilities. Um, but everything else, like I, we did all the stuff in high school, but it was just like, oh, my no, I would see the guy next, next to me, and his stuff would be immaculate, and I'm like, Right. You know, because it just wasn't that good. But that's kind of heartbreaking. But it, at the same time, I'm glad you did not give give that up because, again, you were just extr- so talented. Were your brother, were your brother and sister, they have that kind of talent in any other thing? Were they artistic as well? Um, did you have relatives, older relatives that are artistic? My, my aunt was actually an art teacher. 
And then my dad's side of the family always did something like they were carpenters and my grandmother did stuff with flowers and she would you know she would every time there was a wedding she did all the floral arrangements so I did have creativity around me my sister like my brother nor sister like they don't do any art stuff but my sister was the first girl drummer at um at our high school she played yeah she was just (laughs) you know she was she was like freaking amazing like a drum line like we got to actually when we were in high school, our band was so good that we played at like college homecomings and stuff oh, like that. Funny. Oh my god! And I will say that that was my sister were was an amazing band? drummer. I was in the band. Oh gosh! And I made- is this where the triangle <laughs> thing comes from? So this is where the triangle thing. <laughs> yes. So I was in the band, and so like I said, I wanted to be in art. This still ties together. It's funny. Yeah. And so when we got to the sixth grade, this is where you chose your elective. So all okay. of my friends chose to be in the band. Right. You know, and I wanted to be, I wanted to go to art class. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to make candles and stuff. So they went ahead and they got in the band and I took art sixth and seventh grade and eighth grade. And then when we got to high school, well, actually our eighth grade was in the high school at that time. Mm -hmm. When we got to high school, all my friends were in the band and they were going on trips and they got to go to the games and stuff. So my sister at that time was a senior. I was in the eighth grade. And she went to the band teacher, Miss Conroy, who's super sweet. Yeah, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't describe Miss Conroy as sweet. Miss Conroy is amazing. Sweet's probably not the right word. But anyway, so she went to the band teacher, and she's like, "Hey, Miss Conroy, you know." She was like, "Well, you know, she's behind two years, and everybody else already knows, yeah. you know, their instrument or whatever." And so I was like, "Okay, cool." And she was like, "But." Since you're in percussion and you're at home with her, let's put her in the percussion section and yes. we can, um, you know, we could teach her some things. So I ended up playing the bells, um, cymbals. With the yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Xylophone, um, triangle, sleigh bells, um, maracas, <laughs> whatever they needed in the percussion <laughs> section. That was my job. <laughs> and so when it was Marsa, that was like concert season. I had like all of those things. And then. Marching season, it was the symbols. But, so, I've lived in my own world, y'all, so much so that I did not know that when people played music or dance that they were actually listening for something. Like, there's a beat. I mean, I have a lot of rhythm now. I love to dance. And I did then. Like, I had the rhythm. But I didn't know I was supposed to listen for anything. Like, like really, La La Land, unicorns, <laughs> you know, fairies, houses. Okay, so I didn't know I was supposed to listen to, for something. So when everybody started playing in the band, I just started playing too. And um, that was a complete disaster. So I remember all the drummers, and they were so much older than me. I'm an eighth grader. Here are the juniors and seniors. They're like, okay, Vina, let's go. Listen. And um, his name was Peanut. He would hit the hi-hat. And I was like, oh, I'm supposed to be listening for something. Oh, the two and four. That's easy. Like, I was so, <laughs> like, just ditzy with it. And so after I got that, I was able to do it. But then there were moments, like, on the field for homecoming. And, or anything like that, if we we're playing on the field, like, during halftime, I got distracted. Like, I'm looking at the stars in the sky, <laughs> and they're playing the Star Spangled Banner, and at the very end, the symbol comes in two beats before the last. Right. Yeah. And, and like, shh. Right. <laughs> and so many times, y'all, I missed my cue, and then all of a sudden, the band just looks at me and goes, now, Vino, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um. 
needless to say, I have not been on the South Point stage, even though I keep sending in my audition, Katie. uh, (laughs) Katie Marley, if you're listening, listen, we have a percussionist in our midst right here. Yeah. She may not be like on time, but she'll be there. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I understand that because I love music and we always talk about music and uh, I get to uh, run sound here at South Point. I'm still learning, and I feel like there's you so do, much. You're doing job, a great job. Well, yes, you thank do a you. great job. There's still, I feel like there's so much that I don't know, just as far as music in general and how it's supposed to be played and the counts and, the, and all that stuff. And I feel like if I knew that stuff, I'd be so much better at what I could do, but I still can't understand. I mean, I'm just like, oh, it's I fine. Don't I still don't I know everything. By. You're I never going to know everything yeah, about yeah, I, don't, yeah, obviously I don't think don't. you're ever going to know everything. And then sometimes it's just... I think it's the general stuff that I'm right. like, if I just knew the basics, I'd be even better. But I just, yeah, I'm there. Yeah, but you appreciate music. Oh, I so do. I think I love it. Yeah. that appreciation comes through when you're running sound because you're listening for the dynamics. And you can yep. tell, okay, whoever's back there just absolutely loves music mm-hmm. and wants... To, it to be the best quality. Yeah. So, you know, that's, you know, and that's my form of worship. And that's what we get to do. Katie as every week is like, if we get to make Katie Marlier and that band sound great, sound whether amazing. it's online or in house, we've done our job and we've worshiped and we've gave glory to God by doing it. And that's how I feel like I approach every week and that I get to do it because that is my way and I know that you talked about growing up in that you probably traditional Southern Baptist church or whatever yes. it might have been. And there wasn't drums and things, right? Uh, there's still an argument today. It's like, oh, you shouldn't have this in that church. But I think when you take away, I, I love the term you always say is creatives. When you take away that from creatives with what they can do in this house, in the, in, in the house of the Lord, as I'm going right. to say, then you take away an opportunity for somebody to worship in their own way. Absolutely. And so y'all think about that. Uh, those of you listening, if you don't like the loud music, if you don't like the lights and things like that, I understand. However, the people that have the talent to do that are here, and we get to serve in our way by doing lights and sounds and running slides and right, all absolutely. the AVLO that comes with it. So Taking pictures. Uh, yeah, taking, taking pictures. Well, that and things. that's the other thing, too. You know, I, I really yeah. wanted to... Um, if you if you don't mind, I hope I'm not absolutely good. Go. But just no. being a creative in church was so hard. Yeah. Um, being married to a pastor was very very hard, especially at a young age, just because Southern Baptist or even just so many churches in general. Until I came to South Point, there's no. It feels like there's no space for creatives. Like either you're singing in the choir. Yeah. Um, you're a minister you're an usher or something of that nature. But if you are creative and nobody's ever talked to you about this, you kind of feel like, well, maybe I need to take on one of these roles so that I fit in this church thing. And it wasn't until, well, a while. It it took a long time for me to realize that we're some of the most creative creatures on the planet. I mean, the God of the universe is our God. He created things in so much detail and with so much brilliance. And here we are, the church, and we're nowhere near as creative as we could be. And this isn't something new. I've heard people say, oh, you know, that whole creativity thing and the flashing lights. I'm like, no, if you go back to Exodus, Exodus 31, 
talks about the creativity and the skills and the craftsmanship and the things that he gave them, you know, when they were building the Ark of the Covenant, he gave them, you know, the ability to work with wood, to work with leather, Mm -hmm. to work with jewels. And he said, the Holy Spirit's going to show you how to do this. The Spirit of God will show you how to do this. And I was in church all my life and I had never read that scripture. I mean, to the point of being married to Craig and everybody's trying to get me to be this perfect preacher's wife or minister's <laughs> wife. And that just was not me. So I just thought, well, maybe God just doesn't, I don't know. Maybe I don't fit in this whole church thing. Now I will be honest. I never thought that God didn't love me. I never thought that God wasn't here because my Sunday school teachers did such a good job. And when I read, he said he would never leave me nor forsake me. Like, that's a promise I took to heart. So no matter what I've gone through yeah. in my life, I knew that God was right there. So if God is here and God's with me, but these people are right there, there has to be more to it. So I started studying creativity in the church on my own because just being in that environment and being always expected to be somebody different. I remember going through dark holes of depression and everything just because here I am, a minister's wife, and yeah. I just don't fit. Yeah, you're I don't out of place. Fit. I'm, yeah. out of, I'm so out of place, and I don't know how to deal with that. So I think I think the church has done a better job of that, but I think we still have a, you know, just allowing everybody to know yeah. that they have a place. Like, that's that's so big for me. Yeah, like, definitely. I want to make sure definitely. that people Yeah, there's still part of, the, part of the big church, the, not the big church, the big C church, I was trying to say, that are still keeping – guy in their box they're keeping a box they keep it in a pew you can't you can't do that i see it all the time i see it on tiktok too i see people rant on tiktok about oh well it shouldn't be this and it shouldn't be that because and we had this conversation the other night and it's like well because he was a young guy and he was like well i'm the only young person in my church because i'm the only one that feels this way and and because he doesn't believe that you should have all these things and you shouldn't be and it's pretty much boils down to the creative side of it and just people using their talents and um, and if you don't like that and, and Pastor Craig has said it uh, we'll find you another place right. as long as you're in church I feel like that's that's it because in the end of the t- at the end of it all we're all on the same team we are we if are. we're all here to further the kingdom of God then that's all that matters but I feel like if you feel out of place find that place f- for yourself right. see yeah. where you fit in. But luckily, we're at a church who supports all the creatives. I mean, they support me doing this. Absolutely. And I'm blown away every time that I talk to Craig or Charlie or get to talk to Katie or whomever. And it's like, yeah, we're, we're behind you with this podcast. And it's like, holy smokes, like, what did I do to deserve somebody to be behind me to be able to realize something that I love so much? Yeah, it and, was. Um, yeah. I'm with you there. I, it wasn't. I wasn't until I came to South Point that I just realized. Wait a minute. You know, I can be creative in church and have fun and have fun and yep. just Craig and Patty have supported me so much. Um, I probably wouldn't be doing a lot of the things that I'm doing right now because they would just Craig. Craig comes up with the most amazing ideas. And then it's like, hey, can you execute this? And of course, (laughs) I didn't say no. So I've, you know, I had never really, I remember the first painting that I did at South Point. This was when South Point was in the high school. And I did this huge, 
I want to say it was five by four, five feet by four feet painting in front of everyone during service. And I remember Patty came and she was like, can you paint? And Kirk's like, yeah, you should just paint something while I'm talking. And I'm like, <laughs> Yo. and it was to raise money for Peru. And I'm like, um, did you hit what? your mark on time? Were you like, did you? Yeah, oh, yeah. That, that, I was, that I was like, so, so in there. But, you know, I, we did it and it was a, a, the painting was auctioned off, but it was to raise money for Peru. Awesome. But I had never really, I, I remember telling them, you know, I'm, I'm really good at drawing and calligraphy. I don't, I'm not a painter per se. And they're like, oh, no, you got this. I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> if you say so, let's do it. So, um, When did y'all get to Southpaw? Were y'all here like right from the start, just about, right? Almost, just almost, about. Almost, we would have yeah. probably <laughs> been on the launch team. So I'm at a Target. We're at the Target in Horn Lake. And at that time, they could actually put signs out that said South Point and had the South Point logo on it. Well, at this point, we had been in Mississippi. Mm, let's see, Geo's two. So probably about well, let's four Let's rewind years. just a little bit. What brought you to Mississippi? What brought you out of Mississippi? If I, I always tell the story. My husband literally came to me one night and said, um, I feel like God wants us to move out this way. And he was like, I'm just, I'm just feeling like God wants us to be there. And at the time, I had never left home before. I was such a daddy's girl, mommy's girl. Like I went to, I picked my college, not based on how good the school was for education. I picked my college because I wanted to be able to be in a place where I had my own bathroom and that if I needed to go home, I could get there in less than two hours. So, I mean, that's how much of a, I love my parents. I want to be up under my family. I was, and Craig came to me and he was like, we were married. Um, probably a year at this point and he was like I feel like God's leading us to Mississippi well we didn't know anybody his I take that back his dad was out here um he was working at international paper at the time but I had never I'd only seen his dad once before we literally picked up sold everything we had I kept my computer and he kept his base because those were the two things like we needed, like everything else went those literally priority, yeah. right. Bass and computer were the priority. You're a musician, graphic designer. Let's take what we can and some clothes. We packed suitcases full of clothes, but we sold all of our, um, in fact, I think I have like maybe one dish left that was a given to me at my wedding because everything else got sold wow. in a yard Man. sale so that we could move out here and the base could fit on That's the plane. That's a leap of faith right there. It was. It was really a leap of faith. Faith, and then it's like, you know, you get. We got out here, and um, we were, we were here for a while. No, we weren't. We weren't here very long. I, I'll say it was a very short time. We moved in with his dad, and he got a phone call, saying, "Hey, I heard you were a worship leader. Like, you're in Mississippi, Senatobia, Mississippi, to be exact. I don't even know how to pronounce that at this point, <laughs> <laughs> and where it is." And they're like, we heard you, you know, we're a worship pastor. And I'm like, mm, okay. And they're like, come down to our church and we'll pay you to be at that, the way they called it. They were, okay, another, another church experience. They were Church of God in Christ. So that's a whole different denomination. Nothing like the Baptist safe denomination I grew up in. <laughs> <laughs> so we went down and I'm like, we're going to this church now. So we went down to Sunatobia and they heard him play. So he was directing the choir and playing everything for them. And they paid him to be. Wow. 
And so, I mean, it's like, obviously we were supposed to be out here at that moment. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know what was happening, but I really, I mean, I had, I trusted God and I trusted my husband. Okay. So you, now you're at Target and you see the sign. I'm at Target. We see the sign. And uh, because I just needed to do something different. So we left, we left that church on good terms. I can still call it the pastor and his wife, but it was just, that was the church that I learned so much from them, but we just needed to do something different. Mm -hmm. It was just, um, so I'm at Target. I see this sign. I'm like, oh, finally a church around here who knows how to design. No disrespect (laughs) to any of the other churches. (laughs) And some of the churches weren't here at that time. That was 2007. So if your church was not here at 2007, I'm not talking about you. You're talking about everybody else. (laughs) Okay, everybody else, everybody else. So I was like, finally, a church who knows how to do good design because Craig's style was very simple. It was... um, it was modern. It was just so different than what everybody else around here was doing. And I was like, oh, I really like that. So my husband, Craig O.C., called the number that was on there. Um, and he had listened to – Craig was doing a podcast back then. He listened to Craig's podcast. I was like, okay, this guy sounds really cool. So he called him. And Craig's like, hey, you know, y'all come on up. We're having church at our house. At your what? We're having church at our house. You know, you could just come by. You know, we're going to be launching in January. You know, just come and talk to us. And I, he hung up the phone, and I was just like, no, absolutely not. We are not going to this person's house. We do not know him. We do not know them. And if we go to their house, we're trapped. We can't escape. <laughs> so... We waited until they launched that January and okay. when they were in the theater. I mean, like, you can get out of the theater. Yeah. So I was like, okay. There's, ex- there's ex- exits right. at the bottom. It's yeah, exits there's... and stuff. So I told Craig, it's yeah. like, if you just let me, just, just, it's okay. I promise you when they, their first Sunday in January, we will go, but we're not going to their house. So. Did Craig want to go? Like He did. He wanted to go. And I'm like, yeah. mm-mm. I don't know. This is Mississippi and I don't own a gun. So you're not going to their house. <laughs> I, I, I'm not unprotected, though. We do have knives. There you okay. go. Okay. I just thought I should put that out there. Oh, and my daughter's a black belt, too. So if she you're is. listening to this, our address is unlisted. Okay, go. That's so funny. I love you so much. So well, thank you for coming to South Point because, I mean, we get to see the fruits of your artistic abilities everywhere. Uh, you're on the photography team as well uh, with my wife, and OC plays every instrument known to man, I, I believe. Um, and so we're just so thankful to have you guys uh, here at South Point. It's just, uh, it's so awesome, and I'm glad we got to know you guys, and just glad we got to make these relationships with you guys. Because uh, definitely, you know, we, you know, we, when you leave a church, you, you it's unfortunate that you leave some relationships behind, right? And then you have to make whole new relationships. And I think it's, for my wife, it was the healthiest and best place possible for her was this place. And she got to meet you and Patty and and, uh, different people here. And uh, I just saw just a radical change in her and um, her character and everything. She Not not her character was bad. I'm just saying, like... (laughs) Everything changed in her. Like she became a lot more motivated to to do things, right? Because she has that creative ability as well, and definitely, she's definitely not sure of herself a lot of times, and she needs that motivation. And I think that 
with people like you and Patty that she can be around. You guys can always be there to lift her up. And I know I try, but I'm her husband. So I don't, I don't know. Count. She's, she's such you an know. amazing writer and just the way she tells stories. So I'm not surprised. Like yeah. even the podcast, you doing this, I absolutely love it because you both get to tell stories yep. in your That's own way thing. and yep. just bring life and just, it's just such a, it's such an encouraging thing to do. And you get to share these stories that help other people. And then the cycle just continues. It's yeah. just like a domino effect. And so, you know, she's an amazing, she tells stories through pictures so well. She tells stories yeah. with her writing. You do the podcast. Uh, I mean, just so much creativity there. I love we're, stories. We're, you know. I love stories. And like you said, it's just because those of you out there listening and hopefully we'll put this one on YouTube. We're, we've been trying to get it. We've been trying to get on YouTube for the last forever. <laughs> But if you're watching or listening and this brings you some sort of hope, some sort of encouragement, that's what this is for. This is for that reason to help the people yes. listening. And if you know someone that needs this encouragement, share with them, please. Like, please, just, hey, listen to this thing. I know uh, Mike Abbott, a friend of the podcast, yes. he did a two-part series. Go back and listen to that one. Incredible story. He, he messaged me the other night. And he's still sharing his podcast with so many people. Absolutely. And so that's what this is for, is to help people. And I'm not going to – I question whether I want to ask you about this or not, but I'm going to. Okay. 2020 was really hard for you. It was. And I'm probably getting emotional before you are. <laughs> because you've talked about how awesome your, your parents are. Share as much as you want, but also I want the encouragement part because – you had to have something to help you get through it. Right. Um, and if you feel comfortable, I'd like for you to share that. Um, I think, well, you of all people know that um, <laughs> my filter is limited sometimes. <laughs> so, um, I will edit but, whatever I need to edit. Go ahead. <laughs> but it was, I'll just, if you just give me a moment, I'll let go. Um, 2020 was just a very, very different year for us. Um yeah. Let's see. I have kids ranging in age. At that time, I had, I don't even think she was a one-year-old to a 16-year-old. They're yeah. two and seven, you know. But I've had, you know, let's see. They're two, eight, 14, and 17 now. But, you know, just think, take a year off of 2020. And it was just, um, of course, it was just weird. Nobody knew what this new virus was that was out. Mm. It was COVID. Um, and then... We we were just, you know, we started getting shut down, so yeah. it was just different. And I remember my parents both, uh, my parents owned the cleaning business at that time, and they both, they cleaned medical offices. So I was particularly, we didn't know, like, is yeah. this thing really real? Nobody is this really a host? still like, we just We just didn't know. Um, but long story short, my both parents um, ended up contracting COVID. Um at that on March 28th I remember my mom the 28th was a, a Saturday and my mom said her and dad weren't feeling well that Friday before well I got a phone call on the 28th that my grandmother had passed but while we we're on the phone talking about my grandmother passing because they also lived in a small town they lived in a different town from us I'm um, just like right like kind of like Olive Branch at South Haven mm -hmm. they were in New Kent County and um, while they're on the phone with my grandmother 
a call comes across the radio because my aunt, the ambulance is at my aunt's house, her daughter's house. So my mom and dad are at my grandmother's house. The ambulance is at my aunt's house. Um, mom and dad at this point, they're still just not feeling well. Just like mom's like, it's just a sinus infection is allergies, nothing to worry about. Well, they started getting worse. So I got another call. I would call and just kind of check on them. Hey mom, dad, how you doing? And at this point they're at home. My, my grandmother's, passed away my aunt is in the hospital at this point so my mom's kind of like just worried about her sister they don't even have a chance to really bury my grandmother at this point um so they are there and then I get another I'm, I talk to my parents every day even then I still talk to mom and dad just every day um and so um I never talked it was weird during this week dad always answered the phone not my mom and I was like, hey, dad, how, how are you doing? You know, how's mom going? He was like, babe, I'm good, you know, but your mom's in bad shape. And then he was like, well, we're going to be okay. I'm going to take her to the doctor. I'm like, we're going to take her. So they went to the doctor. Doctor sent them back home, sent them both mm-hmm. back home. Um, and then finally, somebody gave my sister the advice. She said, don't take them to the ER. Call the ambulance for both of them. Because if you go by ambulance, they'll have to admit you to the hospital. Um, and at that point, nobody really knew what COVID was doing to your body. Right. I want to say dad was like, well, I'll tell that part later. But so nobody knew. Um, so they took both my mom and dad in the hospital. So at this point, my grandmother's gone. My mom and dad are both in the hospital and my aunt's there, too. So my we've always been very, very close with um, my cousins because basically this is how intertwined. My dad and his brother married my mom and her sister. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, like, these are, like, this isn't just my cousin. This is my sister. Like, yeah. every event growing up, we, all of us kids, Aunt Judy and my uncle had two kids, and then mom had the three. So it was always family vacations. It was always the five of us together. That's so fine. that was just, like, mom and Aunt Judy did everything together. Dad and Uncle Renard did everything together. We were just, we were just that close. So... We're talking about, I'm calling my cousin at midnight going, hey, how's Aunt Judy doing? How's this doing? Oh, well, they just talked about this experimental drug. Let's try this. Let's try that. And then um, we get a we get a call, and it's the nurse. And it's the she's like, well, we really need to talk about end-of-life care for both of your parents. What? And so I'm even though I'm here in Mississippi and my brother and sister are in Virginia, nobody could enter the hospital. So we would just literally pick days of which one was going to call or who was going to call for mom's update and who was going to call for dad's update. And um, so we just did. And that was just I mean, it was horrific, Um, you know, just sitting there going, okay, they're talking to us. They want us to talk to a priest because in a matter of days, you're saying both my mom and my dad will be gone. And then my cousin's hearing the same thing about my Aunt Judy. So um, Aunt Judy passed away on the 7th of April. And then my dad passed away on April 12th, which was that Easter Sunday. And at this point, we still don't know if mom's going to make it out. And I'm just talking to God because I'm like, God, you know, mom and dad have always done everything together. Like they worked at the same place, both shifts. So I really never knew my mom without my dad. And so that was hard. I'm like, okay, God, if you're going to do this, I'm only going through this one time. Just go ahead and take them both right now. If mom's gone, then just take dad too because I don't want to go through this again. And on the other end, my mom was like, my sister's gone. 
my husband's gone. I need to fight for not just my kids, but her kids too. And so she's in the hospital and she's like, yeah, I'm not going to go out. So my mom was able, and this is how bad, this is how crazy it was at that point. Nobody knew anything. So yeah. my mom was able to get an experimental drug that had just come out that my dad and my aunt didn't get. But at that time, it was, I just learned so much. Like, I didn't play the what if game. I think what if is a very dangerous game. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I couldn't blame anyone else. But I actually just, I remember just sitting there and going, I don't know anything about anything. Like, it was complete surrender. It was like, God. And those weren't the words I used. If I'm being completely honest, if anybody's ever watched the Ozark, there's a girl on there that says she doesn't know something about something. Just use your imagination. Don't go watch the Ozark, though. Um, We don't don't endorse that show. We we do not endorse that show. Okay. Um, So (laughs) we don't endorse that show. But I just remember sitting there and I used those words and I was like, "I, I don't know anything about anything. But, and then I just, I sat there in the chair. This was probably maybe that Tuesday after dad passed away. Mom's still fighting. And I remember just sitting there going, I don't know this. And then I was like, okay, what am I sure of? What am I absolutely sure of? If this whole Christianity thing is wrong, if I screwed it up and there's no afterlife, what am I absolutely sure about? And I thought to myself, I'm sure that Jesus is the son of God. Mm-hmm. I really, really believe God when he said he would never leave me nor forsake me. I believe that God is sovereign and that he's omnipresent and that he has a plan for my life. Everything else, I don't know. I I just, I didn't even care to know. I didn't have the energy. So the only thing I held on to were the promises and the things that I was sure of. And everything else just fell away. Like it was just like nothing else mattered. I didn't care about anybody's opinion. This is all I have the energy, and this is what I have to hold on to. Um, I stopped answering the phone for a moment just because I didn't have it. Like, at that moment, I was at my most vulnerable moment ever. And it was just like, I don't have the ability in me to be fake in any way. Like, at that point, if somebody would have said something to me, all filters, and I know I joke about it, yeah. but all yeah. filters were off. Absolutely. So when people called to say crazy stuff, or if they did, there were just certain phone numbers. I'm like, I can't answer you right now. I can't deal yeah. with you because I will say something in this moment that will hurt our relationship. So I'm yeah. not going to talk to you. Like, I don't have the energy for that. So I didn't. Um, but also during that same time, which is weird. Um, so let me back up a little bit. The Sunday before my dad passed, I just got an idea. I'm like, you know what, babe? I got an idea for a shirt. We're Craig and I are sitting on the sitting on the couch. It's probably about four o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm just like, hey, I got an idea for a shirt. Like, mom's in the hospital, daddy's in the hospital, and Judy's in the hospital. You know, worst case scenario, this thing just doesn't sell. We haven't invested any money because at that point I was using a print-on-demand company and not the screen printing, and I knew I could print the shirts myself self if they did sell. So I was like. Hmm, I'm going to put this shirt up here on Etsy. I've been doing, um, I've always, I've been freelance forever. So I've always kind of, I've always run my own business. And the 
um, thing before that, I was working with marketplaces. So I was already, you know, very familiar with e-commerce in the online world. And I was like, hey, I'm going to put this up here. And it just was like, mm. I sold a few like the first week. And then all of a sudden, I was getting 100 orders a day for wow. this one simple, I mean, a t-shirt, something you can get at Walmart, something you can get anywhere. I like to shop at Target, not Walmart, but still. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like to wear real clothes when I go in the store. So I'm usually in jeans and not pajamas, so I go to Target. Um, but anyway... <laughs> So t-shirt from Walmart. <laughs> Do you have your pajamas on when you get them? No. Sometimes. Sometimes. I, okay. <laughs> so, okay. Real quick. I did. I, I was at the self-checkout like last week at Walmart or maybe a week before. And I saw this young girl with like giant, like fluffy slippers. on. Oh, I'm so glad you said fluffy <laughs> slippers. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Yes. I didn't know where this was going. <laughs> Pajama pants or night pants, however you want to call them. And these, like, they look like bears on her feet. Like, it, it was hilarious. This is why I love Vita so much. That's why I love Vita so much. Okay. All right. Sorry, she had all fluffy bears. <laughs> Slippers. Slippers. Walmart. Okay, it's a t-shirt. We're talking about t-shirts. T-shirts at Target. Go ahead. Not fluffy bear slippers. Okay. So this this shirt takes off and um, it just like sells an unimaginable amount and just like thrust me into a whole a whole point where I really didn't have like it was good at that moment because I needed to focus my mind elsewhere. I feel yeah. like it was definitely a God thing um, and it just yeah I, I was able to help a lot of people and some so many creatives and um it opened up doors of opportunities for me to be on like uh, a really really great podcast one of the highest rated podcasts in the country for business She's talking about the south point podcast <laughs> uh, just kidding just kidding um, yeah you had an amazing opportunity to be on a podcast yeah right so it was just it just opened up a lot of different things so it was like i saw i don't know i can't God's goodness is so beyond what I could comprehend. Like I, I didn't even know, like there was such a peace there. And then just, it was, it was just like he wrapped his arms around me. Not, not talking about the material stuff that came along with all of those yeah. shirts. And it was just like, God, I just see you. I, I know why I do what I do. And I see you so clearly through all of this stuff. I just see you. I, and it's just the goodness of God is just overwhelming. It's breathtaking. And I get to be a part of that. I get to be a recipient of that. But not only receive it, but because he's so good, he doesn't just give a little bit. There's an overflow yeah. that allows me to speak and give into other people's lives. And it's just like, I don't even think that there are words to comprehend like no. that goodness of God. Like, you know, David said, I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. It's like, God, thanks for just even giving me a morsel. So, yeah, that was, I mean, that was 2020 for us. It was just crazy um, losing those three very, very, like, I felt like in that moment, my childhood, it just left me. Like, everything that I knew was gone. Yeah. Um, so, within a matter of 15 days, three of the most important people 
influential people in my life were just gone. But, but, and I love God's big old butt, as Craig says. You know, his goodness was there. He was right there with me. It was hard, but I didn't feel, feel like I was alone. He wiped every single tear. Oh, my God. My church family here at Southport was amazing. you're talking about your grandmother, your father, and your aunt, right? Yep. Not your mother. Not. Mommy's here. Mommy's still alive. <laughs> mommy's still here. And <laughs> Everybody I still, went, your mom too? No, no, no. no, no. She, she's yeah. still here, and I still, um, yeah, I still mess with my mom all the time. <laughs> and I think that's a kind of, I get this humor, this dry humor from my dad. There was always so much joy in our house. I can't remember I can't remember a day going by in our house where someone wasn't laughing about something. But not only that, I had that dad that I couldn't walk down the hallway. Like, I never had to wonder if my father loved me. Like, I I didn't need to because when I walked past him, he would kiss me on my forehead and go, I love you. Like, I couldn't walk past my dad without a hug or a touch or something. And even now, like, even when I would hang up the phone with him, it was always us going back and forth with who loved each other more. And, and I'm like, Daddy, I love you. All right, babe, I love you. Kiss Craig and that bald head and them kids for me. And I'm like, okay, Daddy, I'm hanging up now. B, B, what, Daddy? I love you. I was like, I love you too, Daddy. And that was just like our thing. But he said something. There were a few pivotal moments. And I remember thinking at that moment, we were just talking one day and about all the stuff. And we were talking about church because my dad had hangups about church. He went to church one Sunday and they were like, oh, you're here at church. The roof's going to fall in. Oh. So, I mean, just things like that that people would say without yeah. even realizing how much that affected the person. Yeah. So um, he wasn't big on the whole little C church. Like, he believed in God and everything. And, wow, he's probably one of the most generous. He was just kind and generous. Like, there was never a moment where somebody wasn't at our house. Like, I grew up in the country, so... The garage is where you hung out. My dad was in the cars. There was always beverages in the fridge. (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, just even everybody was just always at our house. We always, you know, nobody needed an invitation. You didn't need anything. You just stopped by the house. And my dad, I look at how many people, like, he had friends his age. He had friends who were older and friends who were younger. And he would just always pour into everybody. And he was so generous Unlike some of the church people that I knew that didn't even, that just, they weren't like that. So I learned so much about love from him. And even though he didn't go to church, he told me about two months before he passed away, he was like, you know what? I never even knew God could be like this. He was like, till you and Craig moved out there and I went to South Point. And my dad has a country accent, so that's where it's coming from. I'm not making fun (laughs) of Mississippi. My dad had a very, very Southern accent. Um, And he was like, "Um, you know, y'all went to South Point. And I was like, wow, this is what church is supposed to look like. This is how people are supposed to see God. Y'all got everybody up in there, boo. You got all sorts of people. I mean, they tattooed up. I couldn't tell what (laughs) that one was. And they're just great people there. And I was like, yeah. He was like, I'm so glad that I got to see church like this. It just, you know, God is so much bigger than what people think. And at that moment, that's amazing. I was sitting in my car and I'm like, God, this is why we moved out here. Everything that I've been through for this moment, for my dad to say how us going to South Point allowed him to see you different, it's all been worth it. It's all been worth it. Everything 
has been worth it, God. Everything we left behind, everything was just worth it because he saw you because we moved to South Point. So, I mean, that's just, that's mind-blowing to me that that's just, yeah, the type of God we serve. And I remember, I remember when I called my dad the very last time I talked to him, he said he was still talking to me. And he was such a loving father that we didn't realize that he was sicker than my mom because he was so worried about taking care of my mom. So his whole thing was, I got to get your mom here. I have to make sure your mom was okay. So we thought in our minds, daddy will be fine. Like it was a shock because Mm -hmm. we thought she was the one that was just so, and she was, I'm not saying that she wasn't, she was so sick, but he was just making sure that we were okay. And she was okay. Like, my parents were the type of parents that if something happened at home, they didn't call and tell us the bad news because they didn't want us to worry. Right. You know, they didn't call to give us bad news. They would call and tell us about the good stuff. And then I would have to find out from somebody else or something. But he said, he was like, babe, we've been through way too much. This virus is not going to take me out. He said, this ain't going to take me out, boo. This is just, this just ain't going to take me out. I love you. And so those were the last words that I heard from him. And I thought about and I remember saying, Daddy, you broke your promise. This virus took you out. And I remember God saying, that wasn't his promise to make. He didn't own his life. His life wasn't his own. Only I can give and take life. And I know that's just a weird statement, but at that moment it was like, that gave me a lot of comfort because that meant that, God, you know exactly what it was. You knew it was his time to go and that you are the one. You know, when we give our lives to God, it belongs to him. It's up to him to do with it. And it was like, wow, I can't make a promise that's not mine. It's kind of like when you have kids that come over and or even if they're not at your house, the kids in your house, you can – you have authority over. You can say, hey, these are my kids. I can do X, Y, and Z with them. But the house next door, those people can't have that same authority. They can't make a promise about your kids because they don't have authority over your yeah, kids. Right. Whereas God, God, that our life, that's his. He's the only one that has authority over that as to when we live and when we die. Hmm. Nobody else does. And that was just such a huge revelation for me and such a a source of comfort just saying okay god all authority in heaven and earth belongs to you and daddy wanted to make that promise because we have good intentions but it wasn't his to make that's so sweet thank you for sharing that i know it's probably not easy uh but again we're here to spread hope yeah and that there's more to it Hope dealer. She's got a hope dealer shirt over here. <laughs> like, like, do, does that cost money? Like, what, what, how do, how do I get this hope? <laughs> like, do we make backyard, back alley deals? Because I really feel like more people need it. And Most if you, definitely. if I can get a dime bag, then I can re- of hope. Uh, She's talking about a hope. Di- a dime She's bag of hope. hope. She's a hope dealer. Her shirt literally says hope dealer. It says hashtag. Hope dealer. <laughs> I grew up with pound sign hope dealer. Pound okay, so, uh, so I'm trying to figure out how to get more of this hope and spread it. Okay. So. 
<laughs> Please edit that. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, we're going to keep all that in. Um, yeah, where can they find your Etsy stores? At, on What do they need to look up? What do they need to type in? Um, you can actually go to VenaHowell.com, and hopefully it'll go. be linked in the show notes. Well, that's easy. Um, and then I also have a society six where you can see more of my artwork and okay. hopefully that'll be linked in the show awesome. do it yeah, I'll in the put notes too. on there um well we are so thankful that you came and shared your story and uh, we're not done just yet i'm gonna give a, a little bit of lightning around here i couldn't let you go without oh, doing that burp, burp. uh yeah there you go there it is um is that what lightning sounds like <laughs> that's like a trumpet that's that's, <laughs> that's craig wendell's uh I'm trying to remember what it was. It was a message he did like two years ago. <laughs> he did that noise on stage, and I thought it was the funniest thing. And he still does it now. Uh, but here we go. As an artist, who has been, who or what has been your biggest inspiration? I know this is going to sound cheesy, but God Himself, I like mean, He's the thing. greatest <laughs> artist Jesus, ever. That's the Sunday school answer. You know, it, no, but it really is. I mean, I can walk outside and just look at the sky, and I'm blown away. Yeah. Or you know, so many people just don't, we go through our lives in such a mundane way and we just do everything. Yeah. But wow, when you just open your eyes. We're always in fast forward. We're always, yeah. we're always moving. We're all, just stop, like literally stop and smell the roses. Look at the roses. Look at the sky. <laughs> look at the leaves. I mean, yeah, God himself. Um, burgers or tacos? Burgers. Don't tell Jackie. I love her. <laughs> Um, have you ever slapped anyone in the face? <laughs> yes, more than once. More than once. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite movie? Do you have one? I do have one. Um, Talladega Nights. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, we just you know, right I there. really have. You know, if you're not first, you're last. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> Um, because I know that you have, who's the most famous person you've met? Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> That's fantastic. I would, I would probably fangirl if I saw him. Um, you know, I'm such, like I told y'all at the beginning of this podcast, I am so in my own world. Not that I don't, okay. I just told y'all to stop and smell the roses and here I go, well. I don't notice it. Um, so I mean, so he's I like this big. How do you miss that? Uh, not guy? not only he's big, his teeth are like white, white. Like <laughs> when he flashes that smile, it's like a movie. So I um, I had the opportunity to meet him in Long Island, New York, at the Marriott. I got on the elevator, and he has on like this tan linen suit, and um. He's super sweet. He looks at me, he smiles, and he says, hi. And I go, oh, hi. And then I just think to myself, wow, his teeth are really white. <laughs> and so as the elevator goes down, it opens up. And I had um, a couple of my friends there uh, from college with me. And when it opens up, they're like, oh, 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 yeah. it's the way, it's the rock, it's the rock, it's See, the that, rock. That would have been my reaction. And of course, I mean, I, I knew about wrestling. Like, I stopped watching it probably after The Rock in China. But, yeah. um, <laughs> so I did watch WWE. Um, and so when he gets off, and, I, and then I look at him, and I look him up and down, and I go, oh, it is The Rock. And, like, I walk away. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I guarantee that he enjoyed that moment of peace standing next to you then 
you know, getting all the attention, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, so probably. I mean, I just wish I would have maybe said hi, you know, or, <laughs> or something more than, oh, wow. Really fun fact, teeth. fun fact, The Rock started in Memphis as Flex Cabana. Did you know that? I did not know yep, that. That's did. pretty cool. Memphis Wrestling, there's a lot of people that came through Memphis, but he was, yeah. that's where he got his, he got, he, he didn't start here purposely. He got started here to train. So that's kind of how he got started. So that's a cool deal about him. That's a good dude. Uh, funnier thing, you're talking about his teeth. Uh, <laughs> this is just way off topic. But the other day, his cousin Roman Reigns is the current champion. And John Cena said he made fun of his teeth. He said, you have soap bars for teeth. That's what he told him. <laughs> I will never forget that line. I thought it was so funny because he does. He has these, the same thing. Yeah. Big giant smile. Uh, okay. Uh, favorite musical artist? Prince. Is there, is there any other? Prince Rogers Nelson. <laughs> I did not know that was his name. Oh, what else would you like to know about him? Okay, oh no, no, no. <laughs> But, okay, so I think I was telling either Gia or Craig this the other day, I think maybe I fell in love with Prince, not because he plays 27 instruments, yes. which he did, and he's just what? such a creative, he, he was... a ridiculous creative, just just the way he thought about life and was just so different. Um, but I remember the Little Red Corvette album, and I so remember when my dad, and this is probably one of my first memories because when I went back and looked it up, I was either two or three years old. But I remember that album so well because my mom bought my dad a Chevy Sierra Classic. Oh, that's sweet. Um, and he put in the tape. It was at that time, like we were – there were no like eight tracks then. <laughs> like he had moved up from an eight track to a cassette tape player in his time. in his truck. Dude. So, <laughs> and he put that in, and we were riding around the black truck with him playing Little Red Corvette. And so I had never really thought about that memory until a few weeks ago. I mean, I thought about like what I like, but I I never made that connection of I was riding with yeah. my dad, and this is what made me fall in love with this artist. So that's so much fun. Um, I get to do that with my kids now, especially like Layla. She's into everything that I'm into. Toby so, Mac. <laughs> Toby is my boy. Hopefully we're going to go see him in a couple months in October. Um, but that's her thing too now. It's like we're she's just as excited. Like uh, It Might Get Loud came out last week from Elevation. Yes. And she was in, in, as much as, as in anticipation as I was. And so like I'm at work um, – Tonight at midnight is when all the new music drops. Just right. so y'all, if y'all don't know, yes, Friday's the new music day. However, if you stream Spotify or Apple Music, whatever, actually our time, 11 p.m., we get it's all the when new it music. Drops. You yes. just, if you're awake or if you're like me and you work at night, I get the opportunity to just, like, here's all the new music. So when I when that song dropped, I immediately texted it to her cause she has a little iPod. And so when I got home, they had already listened to it like three or four times, you know, but, um, that's kind of what I'm trying to instill in my kids is, is pass down the things that, um, I enjoy with them and share those moments. And I get that w- with you and your dad cause I really didn't have that relationship with my dad. And so, uh, for that, I'm envious, uh, my dad did give me the love of the Dallas Cowboys, so I do thank him for that. Yeah. So that's um, there's, there's one that, little but, you know. story I want to tell with that Go because ahead. I think it makes me. I don't give up very easily. Like I don't quit. I'm pretty resilient. I can get knocked down. I'll come up with another idea, and that's something my dad instilled in us. Um, 
when Craig and I first got married, we were broke, broke. Like, we didn't have much money. We did have an apartment, and then that stuff went crazy there. So we left that apartment, and we ended up um, moving in with my mom and dad. And so, like, we just went through a hard time. Like, we didn't have much money. We were going from house to house and really didn't have our own spot. And I remember the cars broke down because that's how we were both getting back and forth to work. And my dad looked at me, and he was like, babe, you don't ever have to worry about a car. We can make a car. He was like, that's a material thing. That's something that we can put together. We can make a car. And, like, whenever things get hard or stuff kind of just goes haywire, I just think to myself, it's not a big deal. We can make a car. You Put know? that on a T-shirt. That's <laughs> awesome. Wow, that's so cool. I would love to have met your dad. Um, what are you currently listening to music-wise? Music-wise, Jonathan Trailer. He, he dropped a song. Um recently yeah. last week was it last thursday or was it this it was week? a couple weeks ago well, he's got one coming out tomorrow okay, or tonight yeah. actually okay maybe yes yeah. so jonathan trailer i'm a big fan we um, got to we got to hear this song we did it's such one. it's it's uh, the please look it song. up it's a great song it's oh so my good. goodness so good jonathan trailer just remember that name uh there's a song and i will almost guarantee we'll sing it at some point soon here at south point because it's such an amazing yes, song but we got good. to hear him do it live not uh last month Yes, so good. And then I went back because we did get to hear that um, the Church of the City album is still so yep. good. I just it's like I listened to it when it first came out, and then after that experience, I went back and listened yep. to that. And of course, Maverick City still there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, of course, that's all the stuff. Just <laughs> so if you were to ever look at my playlist, it's like half hood, half holy. <laughs> so um, you know, it's like Beyonce then. Man of Your Word by Maverick City. <laughs> then, okay. Then Devotion by Tone Smith. And then we're going back to Peace by Bethel. So, um, yeah. I'm, I, I'm the exact same way. <laughs> I, I have at least 15 playlists on my Apple Music. And I have everything from movie soundtracks because I love movie soundtracks. That's the, the major nerdy side of me. To, like you're saying, like worship. And I have... You know, rock and all these things and, you know, hip-hop, everything. I love all of it. Just no country, please. I'm sorry. Can't well, I mean, I can't. I can't Agreed. get with the country. Can't do it. Um, are you reading anything? So, right now, I am. I'm. You know, I'm so big into podcasts, which is mm-hmm. why it's such an honor to be on the <laughs> South Point podcast <laughs> with my favorite peeps in the room. Plug. Um, but, yeah, so... Still, uh, When the Day, When the Day by Mark Batterson is a good book. I'm actually listening to because, you know, I want to be healthy. It's one called um, Eat Smarter by Sean Stevens. I just ordered, pre-ordered Erwin McManus's new book called The Genius of Jesus, and I Ooh. cannot wait. That comes out in September. So I'm glad you know the names and titles and authors. Just Craig, <laughs> Craig Wendell does not ever remember any of them. I don't know. They're so good, and I go back to them, and I listen to them. So it's just, oh, and then, you know, so books and then podcasts, of course, the South Point podcast. Gotcha. Um, Lewis Howes is a favorite of mine. Um, as far as it's called The School of Greatness, that's a favorite one. So that's what awesome. I'm listening slash reading. Um, besides all that, what are you currently loving? Life. I mean, I know that's, with so much chaos in the world and people yeah. just being divided, I love joy and laughter and 
I get up every day and I can't believe I get to be a mom. Like, first of all, who's trusting me with these kids? <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, I can't believe that I get to be You're married. You're probably not the only one that thinks that way. Like, who's who trusting like, me with kids? No, no, no. Who's trusting Vina with kids? I'm pretty sure Katie's over there going, anything is possible. <laughs> if Vina can be a mom to four girls, I got this. Um, but no, I, just, just love and life. Like, I get to be, like, yeah, I get to be Craig's wife. I get to be Gia, Phoebe, and Ivy, and Isla's mom. I just get to do life. I get to work for myself. I get to create art. I get to go to an amazing church. I'm surrounded by amazing friends. I won't shout out their names, but I want to. Um, and just, just it's just good. Like, In all of that, you still hate Star Wars. Star Wars like, I can't believe they put something God created with that. Like, God created these amazing stars <laughs> in the sky. And here we have this thing with Chewbacca and <laughs> Baby Yoda. Isn't it like, his doesn't name, he have like another his name? His name is Grogu. Baby Yoda and all this stuff. And it's like, people get so excited over this. And I'm just like, really? What's wrong with y'all? Like, what are they, stormtroopers? Stormship troopers? <laughs> Stop. Stop it. And and look, they couldn't even be original. Obi-Wan Kenobi? Is it him? No, no. Um, like, like you know, like I even got that Jesus-looking character. <laughs> it's just it's just like, what? Who was coming up with this the stuff? The Spider-Man trailer came out. What was that? Was that I don't was know. Great? No, we're still <laughs> on Star Wars. <laughs> hey, I bet you noticed her big fluffy bear slippers because they oh look like an goodness. Ewok. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? But I did think Ewoks were cute. I wanted okay. to own one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Spider-Man Oh, my goodness. Movie. Thank I'm you so about. much, Vina. Thank you for joining us today. Um, thank you all for joining us. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Tell all your friends and family. And share them, please. Share this podcast with everybody. Rate and review. Follow us on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube for any and all information. Visit our website, www.southpoint.tv and venahow.com also yes. uh, to see all her cre uh, creativeness come to life and you can purchase things, right? Creativeness. Yes. Is that yeah. a word? I don't know. We can Google that. Do we need to pull the dictionary. Yeah. Creative people can make up words there you because go. That's we're right. creative. That's right. Hey, <laughs> and everybody true? out there, um, y'all stay safe. Be smart. Don't. <laughs> stay safe. Be smart. And enjoy your life enjoy so much joy out there yep thank you bye